0: This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, a daily roundup of local news that you can use, including local sports, local events, local opinion, and local weather from DMV Weather. Now here's your host, publisher of Eye on Annapolis,
1: John Frenet. Good morning. It is February 28th, the last day of February 2018. This is John Frenet, and this is your Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief. In some national news, Jared Kushner, Donald Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor, has lost his high-level security clearance. That news came out according to a White House official late yesterday afternoon, and this comes after Kushner had problems completing his extensive background checks. In the end, this means that Kushner will no longer be able to view highly classified information now that his top-secret clearance has been reduced to merely secret. It's also likely that his workload will be reduced, especially as it relates to conducting foreign affairs on Trump's behalf. Anne Arundel County officials are warning that there will be serious consequences for causing false alarms in schools after receiving a wave of school threats following the deadly school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Anne Arundel County has had three rumors and one confirmed threat against schools since the shooting less than two weeks ago. Lieutenant Ryan Frazier from Anne Arundel County Police said that many of the threats are made on social media and spread like wildfire. Police said parents need to talk to their kids about what's appropriate to post and tell their children that if they see a threat, to report it to a parent or other adult immediately instead of sharing it. The kids making the threats do face serious consequences. Fraser said it is important that they know that they're going to be held accountable, that their parents are going to be held accountable, and oftentimes they are charged. If there's enough evidence to charge them, they're going to be charged on a juvenile citation with disruption of school property, threats of mass violence to a school, and sometimes assault, depending on what the case is. If you see a threat, report it. In order to give a shock and a jumpstart to the Chesapeake Bay's ecosystem, a partnership has been announced with the goal of adding 10 billion, with a B, new oysters to the Chesapeake Bay by 2025. The partnership of more than 20 organizations, businesses, nonprofits, and educational institutions plan to help add the oysters. The University of Maryland is one of those institutions, and it has the capacity to produce about 2 billion of the 10 billion The 10 billion oysters will come from a combination of expanded restoration activities, fishery repletion activities, and the continued growth of the Bay's oyster aquaculture industry. Now, last night was the deadline to file to run for office across the state, and there are some interesting notes, so sit tight. It's going to get a little bit political, and it's going to get a little bit wonky for the next minute or so. Just some observations as I look at the list of candidates that are going to be running for office. We have a primary coming up in June and, of course, a general election in November. Governor Hogan and Lieutenant Governor Rutherford are in without a challenger. However, on the Democratic side, there are nine Democratic candidates, including Chris Vignaraja, who just selected a woman as her lieutenant governor running mate. This is the very first all-female ticket to run for governor, lieutenant governor in the history of Maryland. There are a ton of people running for U.S. Senate against Senator Ben Cardin. Good luck with that. But why not? Great pay, awesome perks, and hey, a pension. What's that? All of our congressmen have challengers as well. Moving over to the state Senate in our area, there are no primaries for anyone except for District 30, which has Sarah Elfrith and Chrissy Holt going against each other on the Democratic side. In the House of Delegates, with Herb McMillan out of the race in District 30A, Doug Rather and Bob O'Shea jumped in on the last minute on the Republican side of the ticket. In addition, there are four Democrats vying for a total of two seats in that district. Bob O'Shea, some may remember, ran unsuccessfully for mayor of Annapolis, and he lost to former mayor Mike Pantelides in the primary. Up in District 31B, the Dina, there are four Republicans and two Democrats running there, so they both have primaries for two seats in that district. You've got House Minority Leader Nick Kipke former county executive and former delegate John Leopold, Brian Chisholm. They're all in, and now they are joined by David Thurman. There are two Democrats in there as well that will challenge those four Republicans for those two seats. In District 32, you have three Republicans and seven Democrats, including Patrick Armstrong, who lost his race for County Council District 5 to Michael Perutka last time around. In District 33, it's just the opposite. We've got seven Republicans and three Democrats. Fifth Circuit Court judge, boy, that had a whole bunch of people come in in the last minute there. Currently, that's held by Mark Crooks. He was appointed by Governor Hogan. And per the Constitution for Maryland, as soon as the next election rolls around, he has to stand for retention, which will give him that job for 15 years if indeed he wins. But now there are six other challengers, including Claudia Barber, who lost in the last election for that seat, Ricky Nelson-Jones, and Nevin Young, who also ran for mayor of Annapolis as a Republican and lost. And if I can pontificate for just a little bit, whoever wins this seat gets this job for 15 years. They're the ones that are going to be judging any kind of crime that may be committed against you or that you may have committed. Really, this is perhaps one of the most important races in this whole election. We can get rid of everybody else in two or four years. We're stuck with whoever we've got here for 15 years. So do your background, investigate them, and make sure you pick the right person to hang out for 15 years. Okay, stepping off my soapbox here. Into the county races, Steve Shue and Stuart Pittman, neither of which have a primary contender, so they will go at it in the general election in November. There are six primaries in the county council races. District 1 is between two Democrats. District 2 is between Democrats. District 3 is between Republicans. District 5 is between Republicans. District 6 is between Democrats. And District 7 is between Republicans. No big surprises or changes in the candidates that are running there. For the state's attorney's office, Wes Adams has drawn Kathy Rogers as a primary challenger and Ann Colt Lytus, who was appointed state's attorney when Frank Weathersby resigned and lost to Wes Adams in the last election, has filed to run again as a Democrat. The sheriff is a pretty crowded field. You've got three people running on the Republican ticket, Bateman, Frederickson, Smith, and one on the Democrat and the Board of Education is up for a vote as well. Well, some of them are. This is the first time we've ever been able to elect a member of the Board of Education. And those that are living in District 1457 all have a choice. And all of them have three or more people running in it. So you do have lots of choices there. Also, another very important race to look at. Make sure you choose the right people there. As I look through the whole list, there's a lot of new names. There's many perennial candidates, you know, always a bridesmaid type that always throw their name in there. John Grasso is out despite all of the bellowing and hoopla that he had that he was going to run for governor and then county executive and senator. I did hear a rumor earlier last night that said that he had jumped into the state senate race against Brian Simonair, but that apparently didn't pan out. Maybe his Tesla ran out of battery. I don't know. Very interesting. There are more than 50 women that are running. So this may be, as the Capitol said, the year of the woman. That's it for the long extended version of the news. Hang tight. We've got George Young with DMB Weather, and he's going to bring it all to you, including the chance of, oh, do I dare say it again? Snow. <music>
2: I'm Sean O'Neill, your local RBC Wealth Management Advisor. More than likely, the primary reason you save and invest is to achieve your life goals while ensuring your long-term financial well-being. But before you can determine your preparedness towards your goals, you need long-term answers to important questions about how much money you need, where it will come from, and how long it will last.
0: Member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. This is Maryland. The weather can be nearly unpredictable. We've got George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis to sort it all out.
3: Hey everyone, this is George with DMV Weather, and here is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Wednesday, February 28th. Yesterday was outstanding with max sun and temps mid to upper 50s, and today will be nice too with temps again 55 to 60, although clouds will move in overhead, especially in the p.m. hours, limiting the overall amount of sun across all of Anne Arundel County. After today, though, comes all the action with more rain Thursday and Friday, some possibly moderate to heavy at times, before skies once again clear out late Friday or early Saturday, setting the stage for colder temps to move in over the weekend, where we'll likely see below average temps with highs in the mid to upper 40s. As for the NHL game starting at 8 p.m. Saturday night at the Navy Marine Corps Stadium in Annapolis, conditions are expected to be dry, seasonably cold, and breezy to slightly windy throughout the night, with temps around 40 degrees or so when the puck drops for the opening faceoff. Okay, that's it for us today. Download our free weather app by searching for DC MDVA Weather in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store, and also follow us at dmvweather.com or on Twitter or Facebook so you can always stay weather informed. This is George Young of DMV Weather with your Eye on Annapolis forecast. Enjoy this last day of dry conditions before the rain moves back in. But remember, whatever the weather outside, have fun and be safe.
2: I'm Sean O'Neill, your local RBC Wealth Management Advisor. When you choose to work with me, you'll have access to a worldwide network of financial products and services only available from a leading global institution. RBC's international reputation for physical strength and stability, world-class capabilities, and corporate values is unique in the financial services industry. I also recognize the importance of reinvesting in the communities in which we live and work, and I'm committed to serving my clients by building long-term relationships based on trust, integrity, and confidence. I look forward to helping you with your wealth management needs. Call me, Sean O'Neill, today at 410-573-6723 for a complimentary consultation.
0: RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC.